Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind him. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams gonna throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it. for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Barth. Good gosh, dirty! This is the Heel Tough Blog Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, here with you guys as always. And tonight, it is time to dive into another big-time commitment on the 2024 recruiting trail for the Tar Heels, this time in the form of four-star wide receiver Alex Taylor. And he was another one of those guys that when we, you know, did our list back in December of last year. We talked about the guys in the 2024 cycle that we really wanted. This was one of the guys that we both had incredibly high on our personal list. And Zach, for a while there, it looked like the Tar Heels weren't going to be able to reel them in, but they get the job done. And this is a big, big win for the Tar Heels uh, on the recruiting trail, especially if and we're not going to ever know this, but especially if Clemson uh, was still willing to take his commitment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one that uh, people that have been, you know, following this 2024 class have, you know, known about as being a guy on Carolina's radar for a while now. Uh, a guy out of uh, Grimsley High School in the Greensboro area. So obviously, you know, a high school that uh, some fans, especially diehard, uh, you know, recruiting people will remember. Uh, obviously, that's the high school that uh, Travis Shaw was at, uh, amongst other targets that North Carolina has had. So, you know, a, a high school that they have uh, familiarity recruiting, but just, you know, another good prospect, another good in-state prospect at that. And uh, a guy, you know, throughout the process, like you mentioned, we thought, you know, Clemson had a lot of interest there. Um, there were, you know, some suggestions that they were not going to take more than two wide receivers that was made to some of them. But, you know, those reports were sort of, uh, you know, sort of tamped down a little bit by the prospect himself and Taylor. And so then it was a question of, you know, 
where where is he going to go? Where can he go? Leading up to his announcement, and you know, really, regardless of the circumstance, uh, you know, we get here to his announcement, and ultimately, he chooses North Carolina. Um, so you know, regardless of whatever the situation was, it's a you know a net positive for the Tar Heels on the whole. Yeah, and look, they came into uh, really. Now it's a little over two weeks ago, but uh, they came into July 16th, which was the date of Jordan Ship's commitment without a top 15 commit in the class. If you go off of the 24-7 sports composite rankings uh, in the state of North Carolina. So for them to go out and now add three guys, including two receivers that I think are really going to fit in well in this wide receiver room. It's a real great job done by the staff in general, but especially by Lonnie Galloway. And, you know, when you look at the prospects, Zach, you know, you mentioned a guy that comes out of Grimsley High School. Uh, This is a big one for Carolina to get because they are wanting to continue to build their pipeline there, especially because at this point, Grimsley is, is pretty much solidified themselves as a power that doesn't appear to be going anywhere anytime soon. They've got another big time target. Uh, in this next year's class, and Bryce Davis, uh, 2025 uh, edge rusher, that more than likely the Tar Heels are going to be in it till the bitter end with. Um, and and there's a couple other guys on next year's roster for Grimsley uh, that are starting to sail up some of those rankings. So Carolina wants to establish themselves, and they did in this one. And when you look at the player himself, though, Zach, I think this is this is probably the most talented of this trio that Carolina now has committed in the wide receiver class. I mean, look, we talked about Jordan Ship. He's a guy that I think we both really like. We like what he brings to the table. But when you look at Alex Taylor, you see a very um, you know a, a very defined skill set. A guy that I think um, you know you you look at what he could be at the next level. I think you already see some. Really, really good traits from him before the catch. You see some good uh, traits with them playing the 50-50 balls. And even after the catch, he's not the greatest after the catch. He's not a guy that's going to wow you in that department a lot. Um, but he still does a lot of really good things. I, I just think, looking at him, he's probably the most complete receiver that the Tar Heels have uh, in this 2024 class so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at how they've recruited the position, at least thus far, all three of their wide receiver prospects are listed at six, two or higher. So all three likely outside guys. And, you know, when you look at them that way, you're mainly splitting hairs, but you're also looking at just a general framework of, you know, what you want your outside receivers to be. And I think I, I have to agree with you. I think that, you know, Alex Taylor is probably the best of the bunch, uh, just a step above athletically than these other guys, um, you know, is, is competent, you know, in his route running is, is, pretty you know pretty crisp for that not at the um not to the level of a slot receiver but for an out got an outside guy he's pretty well advanced at that right now not doing you know a ton of different rounds but that's normal for mm-hmm. high school ball um is pretty good with the 50 50 balls is good at locating the ball even if it's not you know a, a, a verticality in the air of him jumping up and getting it I, I think he's pretty good going through contact and then positioning his body and positioning his hands to get the football which Sometimes you don't even need to go up and get it. If you let it come to you and just get in the right position, you know, sometimes that will work just as well. So I, I really like that about him. And um, 
in terms of what he does, you know, with the football in his hands at, for outside receivers, especially that size, that's never going to be, you know, their forte is going to be moving with the ball. I think he's above average there, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, not to the level of a guy like a Deami Brown necessarily, but maybe more in that Antoine Green range. And the, the, the ranking sort of reflects that, not that they're the exact same guy, but along those same lines of, you know, you're not going to expect them to be Josh Downs or Daz Newsom in terms of shiftiness but it, it's above average especially for the position that they're expecting to play so i i think it's a really good pick pickup um i i think it's understandable why clemson had that interest with him even if things didn't work out uh they've had a lot of success with guys with you know similar you know height weight measurables things along those lines that's been successful not only in the clemson offense but also in the north carolina offense so I, I think that this is probably the best guy of the bunch that they have right now. And, you know, it's a very promising prospect to bring in as they continue this tradition of wide receiver production. Yeah. And, and I think that was a big part of why Carolina was able to land him. You know, NC state was a team that ha had an opportunity as well. And it would have been understandable, especially with NC state still looking to add more guys to their wide receiver room with some of the issues they've had over the past few years. But I think this is, you know, just a really good fit. I think, you know, with what he brings as, as a route runner already, I mean, that, that that's the thing to me that stood out the most. I, I agree with you. I think the 50-50 um, balls, his ability to go up and get the football, um, you know, it's good. But I think really the reason that he's able to win a lot of those contested catches is because of how he's built. He uses his frame very well and has really good hands. But I think that route running, and we saw that with Josh Downs when, when he came to Carolina, it was very obvious right out of the gate that this guy is going to be able to create separation because just uh, of just how crisp of a route runner he is, how you know uh, refined his skills are already there. And you get a similar feeling with Alex Taylor. And it's why, you know, look, there's, I think, going to be some opportunities. I know Devontae Walker is a guy that's going to be coming in for two years. But Nate McCollum could be gone uh, after this uh, season. Um, I think at this point, it, it it seems like that'll probably be an inevitability. Um, and if he is gone, then that like that likely means Kobe Pesor will move back into the slot position. And if he does that, there could be some opportunities on the outside. I know we've heard Gavin Blackwell as a guy that the staff has liked. He stepped up this off season. Same thing. Uh, you know, with J.J. Jones, a guy that's a holdover starter from last year, he'll be in the mix, but he's a little more of, you know, he'll bring a similar similar skill set uh, to what Devontae Walker brings. So maybe this is a guy that maybe even if he doesn't start, could be a factor early on in his career at Carolina because uh, of just how technically sound he is. So that's a guy that, uh, you know, is a big domino for Carolina. And look, they've still got two more that are on the board. Carolina, this past weekend, they host the uh, th this year's version of the final weekend of July visit. You know, in years past, they've called it the cookout. They've done all these other things. Well, this year, they called it the Carolympics. Uh, and you had all the commits, which, I mean, this year, you know, they were able to do a lot of cool things because of just how many guys they actually have committed in the class. Um, so they got all 25 of their commits on campus and the two guys that the team is still pursuing in the class right now that remain uncommitted. 
Um, a lot of people, you know, very excited. And we talked a little bit about it on the last edition of the podcast that Jonathan Paylor uh, was a guy that was there. That came, of course, after he did visit NC State the day before. And those were his only two visits of the weekend, as far as we know. It doesn't appear like he took a visit to South Carolina, who has been a longtime heavy favorite. Um, but Zach, you know, it, it it feels like the door is kind of opening here. Now, the question is, is it for the Tar Heels or is it more for the Wolfpack? But this was one that I think for the longest time, we we said to ourselves, this one's probably over. I'm not sure about that now. I, I think this is one that could go down to the very end. And if I had to say today, I don't know if South Carolina would actually be my pick. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you on that, uh, really on both parts. I mean, for the longest time in the spring and early summer, this seemed basically done um, with him being not really a, a commit or a pseudo commit, but it felt like, you know, he was all but done to South Carolina. It was just a matter of when he actually announces it. And, you know, that that sort of uh, goes to show you in, in terms of recruiting, if they're not committed if they're not signed, you know, you never really know. So it, it definitely feels like things have shifted more towards the in-state schools, I would even say, uh, in, in terms of where he's leaning. Obviously visited both NC State and Carolina over the weekend. Um, so those waters are definitely muddied. I definitely lean more towards him staying in-state now than I did even a month ago. Uh, between the two, I mean, I, I think the door is slightly open for North Carolina. I really don't know how much that is and at what position, especially with the, you know, other targets on the board. Obviously, you know, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, just got their third wide receiver on the board. We'll have Javarius Green committing at the end of August or the middle of August, I suppose. But um, they've got, you know, they have limited spots to go around and you have a guy like Paylor that has some positional versatility is there a move maybe towards recruiting him more as a running back I don't know this is really just speculation but that's a possibility um NIL was a factor that was mentioned in his recruitment more so when he was um you know being slotted towards South Carolina is that as much of a factor now has that changed how is that going to factor in if it's North Carolina versus NC State I don't know so there's there's really not great answers right now in terms of where he's going to go uh, I, if I had to guess is based on today, I would say that the, you know, it, the waters are muddied. North Carolina is definitely in there. They've been a consistent presence, uh, though not a leader here. I would probably lean toward it still being one of the other schools involved, either NC state probably at this point, or maybe it's South Carolina all along. And it's more of just a, you know, sort of a gamesmanship thing here mm -hmm. at the end, but uh, it, it's really hard to say. And I think that all three schools will be watching intently uh, on, I think he moved his commitment to the fourth. I think that's Friday um, instead of the fifth. So I, I think all three schools will be looking intently on that day. I don't think he's told anyone anything as of yet. So I, I think that we'll all, you know, being fans as well as the coaching staff, we'll just have to wait and see sort of where this thing ends up, you know, heading into his commitment. Yeah, um, and I, I think he's probably undecided at this point. Um, I know there were some people throwing around some rumors uh, the other day that say um, it's pretty much up in the air between all five of his finalists. Now, I don't know about that. I would say it's probably down to those three that we've talked about 
um, you know, pretty much the entire time with him. I think it really all just depends on, you know, what, I mean, I know these, these coaching staffs have, have probably gotten their final pitches in. You'd imagine that they have, you know, you're going into the month of August where now you get to uh, get your first contact with the guys in the 2025 class. So it feels like everybody's probably made their pitch to him. He knows everything that is on the table and maybe you're right. Maybe that's the reason why they decided that, hey, we're going to go uh, to, you know, he's going to take a, a visit to NC State, visit to North Carolina, um, and then that's it. But uh, I, I'm I'm not sure. You know, I think South Carolina probably still has a legitimate shot. I know they're still very much after him at this point, but I also think there's a chance that they have probably started looking at backup plans. NC State probably feels like they're in the best position. Um, we've heard that for a while. It feels like a lot of NC State people are very confident about this one. Um, and, you know, this this would be a big win for them. They haven't really had that many the last few years with some of the top prospects in the state. So for them to be able to tell him, look, you're our, our biggest get in a while, I think is definitely attractive. They're also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a team that is looking for help at the wide receiver position. They have not been great there. They haven't been horrible, but they have not had anywhere near the stars that Carolina's had, that you've seen at Wake. Um, So I, I, I think they're probably looking at this as a great opportunity. And considering their track record with guys that are similar to what he is as someone that can, you know, split out and, and play in the slot, but can also, you know, affect the game out of the backfield guy like Naheem Hines, who they had a few years ago. Um, they've also been creative with how they've used guys like Jalen Samuels before. Um, so I, I think they've, they're, they, they have the track record. They're a, a team that, um, you know, has been in this recruitment the entire time. So I wouldn't doubt it if they end up coming out with his commitment. I will say this, though. If you're making the case for Carolina, we talked about earlier the success that Carolina has had at the wide receiver position. I think that's probably their biggest pitch and one that they were probably trying to sell them. Also, you know, you've got guys that he is familiar with. You've now got, um, you know, three Big time commits um, that he is is probably really close with just from going through uh, the the seven on seven circuits, um, some of the off off season camps, all that kind of stuff. So I would believe that that could play a factor as well. And the biggest thing is that Carolina does not have a slot receiver in this class. Now, Jordan Ship's a guy that I think could play there if you need him to, but he's got the size to play on the outside. Alex Taylor, he is an outside receiver. He's exactly what they need. Um, probably what what they're hoping Gavin Blackwell can become. Uh, you know, and and hopefully for Alex Taylor, he can take that to another step to another level. And then you've got Keenan Jackson, who is definitely an outside receiver. The way that he's built, the way that he plays the football. Um, so. I think there's an opportunity here for that reason and that reason alone. Um, but, you know, the thing is, Zach, one of the other guys that is still out there is Javarius Green, another guy that is a slot receiver. He was on campus this weekend. As far as I know, he did not take a visit uh, to Michigan State at any point after he took his official visit. 
So this one seems pretty cut and dry. Unless Carolina pulls off the miracle and lands Jonathan Paylor, I feel like this is going to be the guy that they are going to take. So they'll take four receivers in this class, but it feels like it's going to be Javarius Green, not Jonathan Paylor, if I had to bet at this point. Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with that. And I think that if you're, you know, if you're a Tar Heel fan, if you're looking at it from the from the Tar Heel perspective, um, that's really not a bad thing. I'm I'm very high on, you know, Javarius Green on his ability to, you know, potentially play inside and out, probably starting more so as an interior guy to begin with, but does have the potential to be, you know, maybe a bit uh, of a smaller sort of uh, outside receiver. But, you know, with the numbers that they have, he could be a very good inside guy. I think he's got pretty good long speed, uh, pretty good options. Obviously had a commitment date set, um, moved his uh, commitment to, you know, the 18th, which is a you know very personal day for him and his family. But other than that, there's not a clear, um, you know, there's not a clear indication that there's going to be another option other than North Carolina. There's not really anything set to any other school it doesn't feel like anyone else is is really pushing here so i it feels like this one is likely wrapped up now we'll have to see it's going to depend on what happens with paylor but this feels pretty cut and dry like north carolina might take who is potentially their last 2024 recruit in javarius green in the next couple weeks yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, there was a point where you kind of wondered, you know, he moved his commitment back. And you're right, it, it was for a very personal reason. That is a special date. Um, and that was what we were told when when he moved it back. But you did wonder if that sort of opened the door for another team to sneak in there and, and make a push. And it hasn't happened. You know, Alabama was a team that offered him at one point. Never really seemed to gain much traction there. Don't really know how serious Alabama was about trying to get him. Uh, and then, you know, Michigan State, that that was a team that we saw Carolina lose a battle to for Anthony Carey, the four-star running back. But this one felt different. In-state guy, um, a guy that I think this staff really, really likes. That was someone that we saw really take off, even when Carolina was, you know, still having some uncertainties with guys like Ship. Uh, and, and Taylor uh, about where things stood with them. This was one of the guys that it felt like the staff really developed an early bond with. They really think they can develop him into something. And I think with the fact that they don't have that obvious uh, slot receiver in this class, that could be where they go. And look, the 23 class, they did bring him a couple of guys that probably project better in the slot. But I, I think you probably – want to have at least another guy there, especially with everything that we've seen, you know, this past year in the transfer portal and even in years prior. So uh, I think Carolina is doing the right thing here. They're getting a guy that they can bring in and develop from uh, in state. And it's uh, a great way to close. If they land another guy from in state, another guy that I think he's inside of the top 25, I don't think he's a top 20 prospect according to 24 seven sports but still, you're 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 finding a way to finish strong after it looked like for a while there uh, you were going to have one of your worst years in recent memory in the state of North Carolina, really since that 2016 recruiting class uh, that really set up Carolina for 
what eventually happened in 2017 and 2018. So a great job by the staff to rally in state and really piece together a good class that I think as of now, Zach, and I mean, I know there are some things that are going to change. This class will probably round out and finish in the top 25. Um, you know, especially if they get Paylor, this is a class that at least for the time being will be inside of the top 20. Um, but I, I think even if they get green, they're probably going to hold in there and, and be a top 25 class. And where things stood, you know, early on, I think we have to be pretty happy about this, especially with some of the recent headliners that they've had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they like you mentioned, the, the main thing that we've been focusing on is the strong finish in state and sort of, you know, recouping what seemed like uh, a bit of a disappointing cycle for that aspect, making sure that you're, you know, taking care of the guys in state, but also just, you know, the class just kept on going and going and, you know, steadily getting guys and, you know, the staff didn't just forget how to recruit. Now, things did change, and they're not going to be quite at the level that they have been, you know, the past two or three years. But, you know, top 25, that's about generally historically where, you know, North Carolina has recruited, um, especially if you look at prior cycles. Um, uh, under, you know, Larry Fedora, there was, you know, a little bit of fluctuation there at the end, but that's about where they recruited on the whole there um, is around, you know, the 25. So it, it, it's sort of, you know, the norm that we've seen over the past decade, 15 years from North Carolina is about that range. So I think that this is, you know, fair expectation. They're not, you know, sort of exceeding expectations, but they're not underperforming. The question now, of course, will be what their development looks like. But, um, you know, after some initial skepticism, it looks like they've righted the ship, like you mentioned, in terms of what this class is ultimately going to be. Yeah, and in the process, not only did they sort of right the ship in the state, they also, you know, did a really good job in Georgia, which we talked about really early on. They had to do with all the guys that they were offering. You've seen the influence that Charlton Warren has had in that state, um, and that's that's a big deal for Carolina. That's one of the most talent-rich states in the entire country right now, and for Carolina to really be having the success that uh, they're starting to see there and 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 becoming um you know one of the biggest contenders in that state for some of the better prospects i mean you, you look at the schools where carolina got guys from this year walton was a school that they've gone to before got marcus allen out of there but then you you add uh you know mill creek high school where you know carolina I was pushing hard for Caleb Downs. It didn't work out, but this year they go and land two guys there and we're in the running for some other guys. Uh, you also add in Buford High School, uh, which is coming into the season, the number one ranked team in the entire country, according to Max Prep. So, um, you know, the, Carolina, they, they did a lot of good things this year. Uh, it, it, it is a step back, but, you know, in general, you look at the rest of the teams, especially in the state of North Carolina, and the Tar Heels really out-recruited everybody else once again. It's concerning that some of these guys are leaving to go elsewhere. Um, but at the same time, I think you're seeing the prospects that Carolina really wanted. They were able to find a way to win those important battles and continue to build this roster. And that's the most important thing. As now the attention turns, as we mentioned, to that 2025 class. There are uh, some big names already that Carolina is after 
um, and they are already in good position for. I know just you know some of the guys that were on campus this past weekend, they had a bunch of 2025 prospects, uh, including their committed prospect uh, in the class, Bryce Baker, the four-star quarterback from East Forsyth High School uh, right down the road in Kernersville, North Carolina. Uh, and he was there with a ton of big names, including guys like Gus Ritchie, um, who, who is a four-star defensive lineman, Ethan Utley, another guy that Carolina uh, is really high on in the 2025 class that's a defensive lineman. And that's that's the area where Carolina is really hitting hard right now is that defensive front. So we'll see. Some things could pick up over here over the next uh, few weeks and months, and we'll have you covered over on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Dot com. You can check out all the recruiting stuff over there, guys. The breakdown of what Alex Taylor brings to the table. I go even more in depth than we did here on this edition of the podcast tonight. I will have the preview of the commitment from Jonathan Paylor. We'll do the same for Javarius Green. And then after that, when it comes to the 24 class, we kind of just have to wait and see. Is Carolina going to get interested in somebody else at, at a certain position group down the line? Who knows? They If they land one of those two guys, uh, they will have 26 commits in the class. So uh, not a whole lot of room left. It looks like the Toriel's class is nearly done. And uh, that's another thing that you got to credit the staff for, how quickly they were able to piece it together. Uh, so we will definitely, after we get through this stretch, we are going to reset uh, show you where the class is at and make sure that you are all caught up on that. Meanwhile, when it comes to the team that is getting ready to take the field for the 2023 season, we've got you covered on the website with a whole bunch of different stuff. We got an article up about Drake May. He had a very, very interesting quote the other day at Media Days where he said he would like to play five years at Carolina, but he also has dreams of going to the NFL. So, uh, it it seems like he is not 100% sold on possibly going to the NFL after the season. He said it's kind of a wait and see. So we got an interesting article up there on the website. So we're laying out um, you know, what his potential future could look like. We also have articles uh, getting ready to go up that continue to preview this 2023 roster offensive line is next. And then we will head over to the defensive side of the football and eventually over to special teams also with camp getting ready to open up. We are going to look at the players that you need to keep an eye on as this team heads uh, to camp. Camp starts on Wednesday. Tomorrow is reporting day. Uh, so things are going to get a very hectic very quickly, and we are going to have you covered with all of that uh, only on HeelToughBlog.com. Meanwhile, on the basketball side of things, things pretty quiet. Players received their numbers today, um, so uh, it's it's getting closer and closer. So uh, we will, of course, keep you updated on any off-season news. Josh will have you covered uh, in season for the Tar Heels as they get prepared for the 23-24 season. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Zach Hubbard for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels!
Hey guys, Anthony here. We want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.